Hello, Totally Sort of listeners. Chris is away on vacation, so we don't have a new episode this week. Don't worry, though. Before he left, we pre-recorded a little something for you. This episode is the conclusion of our ongoing bracket-style challenge. Here, we pit the greatest oddballs, weirdos, and losers from TV sitcom history against each other in what we have lovingly entitled The Tournament of Fools. As a side note, we had some audio issues that could not be fixed without re-recording, and Chris was away. So, if you are familiar with the podcast, you may find the audio quality a little off in this episode. If you're new to the podcast, we promise we usually sound better than this. Hope you enjoy the exciting conclusion to the Tournament of Fools. It's next on the Totally Sort of Podcast. Welcome to Totally Sort of, the podcast. It's sort of like a review show and totally like catching up with your best friend. I'm Darren. And I'm Chris. We're going to let you know what you totally need to check out and what is sort of worth skipping. Or at least that's what we do in a normal week. This week, though, it's a little bit different. We're going to get into part three and hopefully the final thrilling conclusion of the Tournament of Fools. The Tournament of Fools. This is... uh, A little something we've been doing for a while, and uh, we decided we're just going to take one big run at it and get through the whole of the rest of our matchups. And I think in the past we promised we'd have some kind of inclusion along the way of where we were similar and where we were different. So right now we've been through the first round of 32 and narrowed it to 16 and of those 16 choices 10 of them are the same as between you and i which my rough math calculations put us at around 62 percent that's some heady heady number crunching my friend um okay well let's just get right into it and uh so we're gonna get into our second round and our first matchup that i would have would be uh, Woody from Cheers against Murray from Flight of the Concords. These are both some lovable, lovable doofuses, but I'm going to have to give the edge to Woody because I think in the long run he's going to win out over Murray. He's probably going to play dirty and, uh, and tug at the heartstrings a little better, so I'm going to give it to Woody in this matchup. How about you? Who have you got in the first bracket? My first bracket is Woody as well from cheers against big head from silicon valley okay and i gave big head the nod in the first round but uh, this time his competition is a little tougher and i went with woody i think i'll have more to say about woody later but at this point i'm just going to go based on his actual name in the show which as his full name was woodrow huckleberry tiberius boyd Oh, that's a nice little detail. I appreciate that. Cool. All right, let's uh, get on to the next matchup. Who have you got in your next pairing? My next pairing is Jim from Taxi against Joey from Friends. And who did you have? I had to go with Joey again. What is it about Joey this time? In the first round, it was more of a nostalgia. I think I told that story about the way I started watching Friends. Yeah. This one, I was thinking about the two of them, and... Although there's some great gym stuff that I recall, when I thought about Joey, it came down to there's an episode where 
He talks about his story that he uses to pick up women. They call it the the Europe story or the magic story. <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, but it's an entirely made up and fictional story about like being in Europe and yeah. backpacking and seeing this woman crying and it's sort of this touching emotional story <laughs> that's complete bs and just the way he tells it and uses it like to pick up women yeah it, i i it always made me laugh so that nice. was the that was the point that edged him out over jim on this one very nice um so in this matchup uh i also had joey from friends but he was going up against les nesman from wkrp in cincinnati and um i had to give this one to Les, based purely on the fact that honestly i was not much of a friends fan um so joey is all right he made me laugh uh but Les, you know had that that quirky loser befuddled character that uh, i just loved and and yeah i just this was purely a case for me of which show did i like better and i, I couldn't take somebody from friends over somebody from wkrp yeah i mentioned some other characters that sort of parts of their dialogue or snippets of funny moments they have or words or or catchphrases kind of work into your life. Yeah. I also find a way to make the Les Nessman and the walls joke into, uh, work that into my life uh, whenever possible. I had, a col- I had a colleague at work one time who was sort of piling files up around his desk just as a way of storing them and organizing them. Yeah. And it, it looked like he was trying to outline sort of his <laughs> cubicle and boxes and immediately I'm like, ah, oh, you're doing the Les Nessman, building walls around your cubicle. Nice. Okay. Uh, so who would you have in your next, uh, your next pairing? My next pairing is Gilligan from Gilligan's Island against Abed from Community. Same here. Same matchup. Who'd you take? I took Abed. Interesting. So did I. It was a tough one, but I think Gilligan won out in the first round, primarily based on nostalgia and just how much time I spent watching that show as a kid. And I mean, Gilligan's character, just that funny, sensitive, klutzy character who's dumb in a lot of ways, but you would see those moments where he all of a sudden is brave or smart yeah. when it needs to be to be a good friend to those around him that that was good and enough to get him past the first round but Abed was just such a, a complex character and I may again may have more to say about him later but this time I'll just go with Abed's uncontrollable Christmas the uh, claymation uh, animated Christmas special from the one season that nice. on the basis of that episode alone I would uh, say he pulls through to the next round yeah I um Wow, I, I didn't do my research, and I don't have specific examples of Abed, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely give him the, the nod hands down over Gilligan. Gilligan was like the perfect foil to all the other crazy characters on the show, and he was a nice grounding for them. But you take away his supporting cast, put him on his own, and he's really a pretty vanilla character but Abed just had so much going on and uh you know just the kind of almost cart well yeah definitely cartoony kind of levels of of fanaticism and uh preparedness and and his you know ability to just kind of freak people out with with how into something he was I, I just love that into our next matchup I have Hank from the Larry Sanders show up against Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air 
And who'd you like? I went with Carlton as the winner in this round again. Although I loved, loved the Larry Sanders show, Hank was one of those characters you kind of loved to hate as well. I mean, when it came down to it, I looked at, like, you know, he had that hey now catchphrase, and I remember the one episode where Larry and him had a huge fight about why he always says that and how he started incorporating it into his everyday life, and, and that was, like, super funny. <laughs> There's, <laughs> I was looking at, back this week a little bit just so I could, uh, refreshing my memory on them, and there was this one episode where he tells a story about his dog and how the first thing his dog does is stick its nose into women's crotches and, and everybody seems okay with that. And then at the end, he's like, I should get a dog costume. <laughs> and, oh. But Carlton, uh, in the first round, I sent Carlton through because uh, I could never forget uh, the Carlton dance. Yeah. And uh, I still can't forget that. But there are other things about him that were just compelling. I like the way will smith's character would constantly make the short jokes to him they they, just that dynamic and the whole dynamic between the two of them and there were these moments of just sort of extreme disassociation with the amount of privilege that they had where he would say stuff that was just so ludicrously privileged in its wording and it was a repeated theme in the show and it was sort of those things i'm still stuck on the dance and it's going to make him a tough customer to defeat but uh, i uh, dug a little deeper this week and uh, he took down hank yeah i i think uh, with carlton he was that great example of whenever his worst qualities would come out he was completely oblivious to them so whether he was you know delusional about the fact that he actually you know thought he had uh, had a chance with women or you know his fashion sense or uh, his taste in music I think he was a big Tom Jones fan. He just, whenever he was completely off in his own world is when he was the most certain about himself. And uh, I just love that in a character that they just can't believe that they're not as cool or as funny or whatever. So yeah, Carlton was a lot of fun. Um, Hank was great. I, I really wish I'd... makes me want to go back and see some more Hank because Jeffrey Tambor has had a lot of great roles, but not as many big, beefy roles as that one. I think it's totally worth checking out some old Larry Sanders for that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I actually mentioned it, but yes, I'm giving it to uh, to Carlton in this in this case again. And I, I think just because he, he just makes me laugh a lot more. Hank was, was fun to watch, but uh, like you said, a little bit cringy at times so uh yeah let's let's take carlton to the next round it's interesting that characteristic of carlton that you mentioned the idea that the character is completely oblivious to the fact that their point of view or whatever it is they're pursuing is completely ridiculous is really a common theme to these characters as a whole oh for sure that complete lack of recognition of your faults believing that your faults are strengths it, uh, it is obviously a common and recurring theme, I think, for a lot of these characters. Yeah, and uh, when it's done well, it uh, really works. Who do you have in the next round? Yeah, this one uh, is going to be a, a no-brainer, although it would be a heck of a good fight. Um, Cheryl and Kelly would be a great matchup, but Cheryl, I was just watching some Archer the other day and some older Archer, and although the character has evolved, well, not so much evolved, but morphed, and she's been through so many crazy phases, uh, right from the start, she just had this obliviousness 
and almost aggressive stupidity that it's just I, I just love it. So yeah, love love everything about Cheryl and Kelly. When I put her up against a character like Cheryl, is is really pretty two dimensional. I have Cheryl going up against Pierce. Okay. And I do love Cheryl's character. And when I was thinking about her, in terms of uh, when we've been doing this, you've sort of said, "What's your favorite moment?" And I was thinking about that, even though I'm actually going to take Pierce eventually. But uh, just out of fondness for Cheryl, before she says goodbye in my bracket, there's the there's this episode where. She's talking with Pam about her sort of sexual fantasy about a firefighter. <laughs> and she's lying on the, the desk and she's talking about the, the firefighter rescuing her and taking her out from the fire. And you're like, oh, this is sort of a standard, yeah. like, oh, the firefighter. And she's like, and then instead of trying to save you, he puts his hands around your throat and starts choking you. Yeah. And she goes on with this thing. And then at the end, Pam is like, you're a freak. And then there's this moment of silence. And she's like, Cheryl says, Pam, would would, would you choke me just a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> and that was the funniest thing and it was the story was hilarious from the twist but then the pause and then her asking pam to choke her was just like the icing on the cake yeah and that was really a great start to what became quite a running quite a good running gag and uh they got a lot of mileage out of that one i, I especially love when uh krieger uh has a uh, a robot fist or hand and uh she asks about what its choking strength would be like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now I'm feeling a little regret about my choice after saying oh, it out well. loud, but oh, I'm well. still going with Pierce. All I right. know you uh, didn't love to hate him. You just flat up hated him. And we talked last week about the the issues with Chevy Chase that came out after he left the show. And if anybody wants to get a little bit more on that, you can find online uh, the audio for a voicemail message that he left for Dan Harmon when he oh, really? came to the end of the show. And it's just nasty. He's like, you know, you think, you know, what's funny? I've been doing this for 30 years. This crap isn't funny. It's a, it's a nasty, nasty wow. thing. That being said, I still try and put it aside. It's going to be tough for anybody to beat characters from Community for me because yeah. I, I really like that show. And I was thinking about some Pierce moments. And he had that classic element that we, I mean, just talked about a moment ago. That And for him, it was mostly he would make these outrageous, offensive, racist statements but be completely oblivious to the fact that they were rude and outrageous. It was just... Yeah. Just his obliviousness to his own offensiveness. And I mean, there's a, the whole religion thing that they did with him. This, uh, I think it was called Reformed Neo Buddhism, that sort of cult that he <laughs> was, was a member yeah, of. Yeah, it was, it was sort of a thinly veiled Scientology, was it not? <laughs> yeah, I would think so. He had so many moments. And again, when you can build all these entire plot lines around a character like that and he so he becomes so integral to the show's development notwithstanding he didn't last all the way to the end i'm still going with pierce in this matchup yeah um so in my next bracket i had bull from night court against harry from third rock from the sun little trivia for you here do you know bull's real name or full name as a character oh i remember the story about how it was actually mixed up but tell me what it is and i'll see if i can remember the story trick question i don't either 
<laughs> but I'm impressed that you were, you know, able to retrieve something from the periphery of that uh, that fact. Oh, oh, wait! I I just, uh, you know, what's bizarre? It just totally came to me. It was uh, Nostradamus. Really? Yeah, because he tells this story at one point about how his mom picked his name from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, and he she went. From that, she pulled Nostradamus, and then the comment that the other characters make is, shouldn't your name be Quasimodo? Because <laughs> she went hunchback of Notre Dame and yeah. went Nostradamus, and <laughs> there was a joke about that nice. your, actual, your mom actually meant to name you Quasimodo. Yeah, good stuff. Um, so, in this matchup, uh, this was actually a tough one for me. Although these were both shows I loved in their day, neither one of them is is something that I've I've revisited at all. I think Third Rock it just isn't quite old enough that it's kind of come around again, and uh, Night Court it hasn't actually aged all that well. Um, there were some great performances, and I think it was great for its time, but. Anytime I've seen it since then, it's been a little bit cringy in terms of a little bit maudlin and uh, just kind of had that low-rent cheers kind of thing going on. By and large, if I think back to these two characters, who made me laugh the most and who would I most want to see in a reboot or a new episode or just who would I want to watch again, it would definitely be Bull. I have in this matchup Bull uh, as well. But for me, it's against Lowell from Wings. Nice. I also went with Bull, as did you. He had that characteristic again that although he seemed dim-witted at times, he was just intensely loyal to the people around him. I love the uh, relationship he had both with Judge Harry, for which I should uh, say as as an aside, uh, I'm not sure if you saw, but Harry Anderson died this week. Oh, I didn't. That's, uh, That's sad. Yeah, very. And just his how fiercely protective of him he was. And then beyond that, there were three female bailiffs who worked with him on that show. There were two sort of diminutive elderly women Mm -hmm. who, for me in my mind, they're kind of interchangeable. But I know there were two actresses and then the black woman who later played Roz. Mm -hmm. And he just always had this sort of special relationship with all three of them that was for me a a very memorable part to the show yeah definitely it was uh it was him he and Roz as a as a duo that I think I most remember and and uh uh Roz was a great character too and a great actress but yeah they really played off each other nicely and uh just that presence he's done a lot of great uh voiceover work too Richard Mall so uh if you ever look him up he's got a huge huge list of credits as a voice actor. Yeah, a lot of animated features, mm-hmm. I think. So, yeah, uh, we're agreed on Bull, then. We'll be seeing him yeah. again in the next round. My next round, then, I have Cliff from Cheers against Kramer from Seinfeld. And? This is a tough one, because both characters, had they not come head-to-head with each other, probably would have made it uh, significantly further into this. I agree. This is an unfortunate matchup these are two heavyweights going head to head in only the second round but only one can take it and for me the one that took it was cliff from cheers nice you have the same matchup here i have the same matchup but i'm gonna go with kramer actually Ooh. for me cliff part of it is just my uh, love and obsession with cheers i mean i'm 
liked Seinfeld, obviously. I mean, I was a huge Seinfeld fan, but yeah. Cheers goes back further, kind of. I had a much bigger emotional reaction to the end of Cheers than I did to the end of Seinfeld. I think by the time it ended, it was... Uh, the, it was wearing a little thin, so yeah. it wasn't so sad. And Cliff, uh, as a character, I think, as I said, he's uh, likely to make it further into this championship for me. So I'll probably save some stuff to say about him later on. But uh, he took out Kramer, notwithstanding how many great Kramer moments there are in the history of that series. Yeah, I think the thing I loved about Kramer was that he he really was a very very unique character, and as much as um, almost everyone else on the on Seinfeld was just kind of petty and nasty and selfish in ways that most of us can relate to, because we either do those things in real life or think about them or wish we could do them at times. Kramer was actually really the good guy in a lot of ways, and he was a little more pure. And uh, but the other thing I really liked about the character of Kramer was that he he was true to himself in a way that I, I feel like all uh, Jerry, George, Elaine, they all kind of just fit into roles that, you know, worked for the story. And sometimes it was surprising and they weren't necessarily badly written characters, but they kind of went off and, you know, did odd things. And, and Kramer, although he was doing odd things every time, it always just felt like Kramer, like there was nothing he did that felt wrong. Because he was so, such a weirdo that if he did something like when he decided he was going to become a businessman and go to work and just start showing up at a job and where, you know, carrying around a briefcase full of crackers, <laughs> anything he did was funny to me. And uh, you combine that character with the, the physical comedy and the performance and the expressions. Uh, I just love Kramer. So, yeah, got to give it to Kramer. Like you said, they set up his character as being so ridiculous that he was not predictable, but almost predictable that he would do the ridiculous thing in every situation. Mm -hmm. And it, he was so consistent in that that you could almost follow the path to the ridiculous thing that he would do as a in a predictable way. Yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he, he was a great foil to the other characters because, like I said, I, I think he really was the only good character on the show in terms of, like, you know, good versus evil. Everyone else was pretty shady, but uh, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> All right, this brings us to the last matchup in our Sweet 16. Who do you have? I have Moss from the IT crowd against Klinger from MASH, and... I had to give it to my friend Moss, Morris Moss. Again, he is just that character that uh, the performance, I can't imagine anyone else making it work, but his expressions and his tone just makes me feel like a giddy goat. <laughs> my matchup here has a, a character requiring some correction against uh, Klinger from MASH. Oh, that's right. That character that requires correction is that in the first round, I referred to Colonel Clink from Hogan's Heroes and then told a catchphrase that belonged to Sergeant Schultz, which was the character that I was thinking about right. when I put his name forward for this. So it's odd that, or I don't know what it says about our listeners, that I wasn't vociferously uh, castigated on the internet uh, for messing this up completely well i think i think we can either go with the possibility that nobody knows hogan's heroes as well as you do 
Or we could go with the possibility that nobody's listening, and let's <laughs> let's go with the possibility that you're just bore up on your Hogan's Heroes. All right, so the end result, though, is that Sergeant Schultz is the character that I was envisioning and talking about. So I'm going to say Sergeant Schultz from now on, and he goes up against Klinger, and I'm giving it to Sergeant Schultz. Nice. All right. So that is our Sweet 16 finished. We're going to move right into the next round. And I'm going to go with our NCAA basketball nomenclature again and call this the Elite Eight. All right. Who's your first pairing? My first pairing has Woody up against Joey. All right. Well, I know who I would take in that matchup. Who have you? Got, who are you uh, giving it to? I took Joey in this matchup. Really? I'm surprised after what you just had to say about Cheers? I know, but so in the last round I talked about Joey and the Europe story. Yeah. This this time just a little more generally about things that they did with him that I really liked. There was the ongoing attempts at getting into acting, which is just such a sitcom trope uh, in a lot of ways, but there were moments in that that just uh, just really did it for me. Uh, I don't know if you remember the ep- there's an episode where he d- he gets this sort of modeling gig and is super happy about it, and then they say, "Oh, your ads are coming out." He's on the subway, and they've put him on like giant bulletin boards in the subway system for the New York City Free Clinic, and he's named as like a person with a venereal disease. In the, and so it's like this big picture of him saying he has a he could have a venereal disease on these posters everywhere. Yeah, nice. Um, there was that ludicrous and short-lived cop show, the Mac and Cheese show, where he was a <laughs> cop again with a like a, a robot <laughs> partner. And there's a there's a point where Chandler describes it as uh, one of the worst things ever and not just on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Good stuff. One of my reasons for taking Joey um, this far in even to start with was that experience I had watching it in a different way where you look at Joey as being the smart one and there's this episode where they're talking about women and Ross is trying to get advice and all of a sudden Joey says something very poignant and intelligent and Chandler says well a hot girl's at stake and suddenly he's rain man I don't know there was just a lot of points with Joey that uh, he took out Woody in this one yeah um, so I ended up with uh, with Woody against uh, Les Nessman here. And, you know, my brackets are getting really out of whack because I wrote in your picks next to mine <laughs> in the first round, and I keep looking back on them and changing my mind. So, <sighs> all right, this is a tough one, but I'm going to give it to Woody in this one. So uh, Woody over Les Nessman. And uh, we got so much with Woody... Uh, I love his his eye rolls as he would kind of uh, talk to one person around the bar and uh, just he'd be wiping a glass and roll his eyes and as if the person who was telling him something true that he didn't believe was the idiot. That was one thing that I really loved. And I loved Woody as the beekeeper that uh, when he comes in absolutely covered with bees, no sudden <laughs> movement. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was another great moment. Um, yeah, we'll come back to Woody since he's he's in there again. But uh, Woody over Les Les is finally kind of outstayed his welcome for me. 
All right, I'll hold on to my uh, favorite Woody moment for your next round. All right. Next, I've got Abed from Community against Carlton from Fresh Prince. I have the same matchup. And I think I can guess yours, but go ahead. Uh, this time we're uh, going with Abed and saying goodbye to Carlton. I think I think that's only fair. I mean, Abed, in terms of our show and us and what we're doing here, the way that he would consistently use pop culture references from TV and movies as a framework to understand real life. So, for example, it'd be something would be happening. He'd be like, oh, this is just like season six, episode four of something. Professor Space Time. <laughs> and they kept it up for the whole time that he never really became came out of that and sometimes would retreat almost completely into it like uh, there's that episode where he intentionally arranged to take two girls to a dance because he wanted to live out that sitcom trope of being on a date with two women at the same time it, it's kind of weird he as you talk about, you know, his attempts to understand the world, he's almost like Data from Star Trek, except, you know, he's he is a human, but he's still trying to <laughs> he's still trying to understand the human experience, but yeah, like through a lens of pop culture, that's really the only way he can he can uh, relate to things. Yep, so I too had to say goodbye to Carlton in this round. Yeah, I love uh, I also love the, the costume changes and uh, and the physical comedy that he did um, with Batman, with Professor Space Time, and just the, the friendship with Troy worked so well. Troy wouldn't seem like somebody that should match up well, but uh, that warmth of that friendship kind of gives Abed a little edge and makes him more than just that kind of weird outsider. But, you know, Troy and Abed in the morning. Troy and Abed in the morning was, for me... I mean, I love the show from the beginning, but that was one of the highlights of the show for me. Oh, and yeah. I remember that sometimes if the show ran a little long because I was almost always watching it by virtue of PVRing it, mm -hmm. I would that would get cut off in the end. And as a routine, because of that show and because I couldn't bear to miss the Troy and Abed in the morning segment that they would do after the credits at the end, I started routinely with all of my recordings, setting them to five minutes after the show actually ended because I didn't want to miss Troy and Abed in the morning. Oh yeah, there's nothing worse than having that last little stinger get, get chopped off. Okay, cool. Um, so... So we're on the same page here. Abed's going through the next round. We are. All right. Uh, so in my next bracket, I've got Cheryl from Archer again uh, against Bull from Night Court. And this is a case where uh, my love of Archer and the depth of depravity, and uh, I'm going to have to admit a little bit of sexiness, uh, is going to win out for Cheryl. She's just uh, yeah. so crazy and so just mean. <laughs> I love the family history that they established with her too, and it really got going in uh, in the Archer Vice episode or season where they move into Cheryl's um, family home, Tunt Manor, and uh, it just when you start to get into her backstory of her crazy rich family uh, and you know Grandpa creeping around in the walls and and uh, and you know just dark dark family stuff like you know this history of racism and and again like you talk about carlton having privilege uh cheryl you know 
takes that whole oblivious privilege to a whole new level. So, yeah, I'm going with Cheryl again. Yeah, it's funny with Cheryl, you talk about the depth of her backstory, but when I think about all the characters on that show, she's not Archer or Lana, main character, front and center in every episode, but I think she probably has the richest, most developed backstory of any character on that show. Um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have a lot of, of details about her. Uh, I don't think as a character herself, she's as fleshed out as the others. But in terms of like, yeah, what we know about her, we certainly know a lot of details. Cause, uh... So we've uh, moved a little beyond the similarities in our selection because I have uh, Pierce against Bull in this ra- matchup. And uh, I'm still holding on to Pierce, unfortunately, for... Uh... <laughs> your lack of love for Pierce. Uh, so I'm going to keep talking about him a little longer. Oh no. Okay. What else you got? <laughs> so I was looking up, uh, stuff, just scanning some episodes and there's, uh, uh, I'll just do one quote from this time. I can't have children. I'm not sterile. In fact, it's a rare condition they call hyper virility. Apparently my <laughs> sperm shoot through the egg. If you can believe it. That really is. That's a great quote. And that was, again, with in terms of these characters and that common characteristic, this belief about themselves in things that are completely ludicrous. Yeah. He says that, but I think he actually believed it. Yeah. Nice. Hyper virility. Got to remember that one. <laughs> okay. On to the next round. And I think this one completes the Elite Eight. I have Cliff from Cheers going up against now Sergeant Schultz from Hogan's Heroes. <laughs> And I think we know who you're picking here, but... Uh... Yes, it's Cliff. All right. I'll give a, one other anecdote then. There are obviously a million, it's a little known fact, things from Cheers that you could pick. But I like some of the stuff that uh, he, he would tell stories that related directly to him. And uh, one of the things I saw, and I think I was aware of at the time, was that postal workers generally wrote thousands of angry letters to Cheers, to the writers, about the way they would sort of denigrate postal workers using cliff yeah so on that fact i'm going to go with this uh, one point where cliff talks about is them doing a study between postal workers and chimpanzees and uh, the result is that they proved that chimps were 32 percent slower (laughs) (laughs) and then but then they add to that and after everybody sort of chuckles he says well of course they were better with public relations (laughs) nice So Cliff takes out Sergeant Schultz, who I want to say a little bit more about Sergeant Schultz because I talked about his catch line, which is one of the things that I like. But he had this. uh, It's bizarre, right? You've got a story in which we're talking about prisoners of war in a Nazi war camp, and he's a sergeant in charge of guarding these prisoners and yet somehow they managed to make him a lovable and sympathetic character there's a couple of things i mean it was the way he would turn his back and let them do stuff and that catch line i see nothing i hear nothing i know nothing Uh, there's one of them is there's this point where they're talking about it and he says ah in, in war i don't like to take sides which was kind of like what it was he was just there kind of the the guy doing a job trying to make everything work out and i I also remember a joke that uh, was common for tv shows of that era which i never understood really until later in my life which is like it's the rodney dangerfield joke they're like ah you know take my wife where they would make these jokes about like people yeah 
disliking or not liking or not wanting to be with their wife. And there's this one point with uh, Sergeant Schultz that he's worried he's going to get caught for basically helping out these prisoners and, and he's going to be sent away. And he says, oh, maybe they're going to send me to the Russian front. And one of the uh, officers, one of the Hogan's Heroes guys says, well, you know, maybe they'll transfer you home and you'll get to see your wife more often. And Schultz says, Ugh, all of a sudden the Russian front sounds very good. <laughs> it was just that that joke didn't really hit me as a kid watching the yeah. show but later on when i kind of understood the what was funny about it it seemed a lot funnier and i, I really like the character but uh cliff is uh tough yeah tough to beat yeah so uh my final matchup uh was uh cliff from cheers against uh moss from the it crowd and uh, I'm sorry to tell you that Cliff is not making a note of this one. Ooh. I just love Moss. So the aspect of Moss I'm going to call out in this round is I think a fairly common uh, shtick with these losers on these sitcoms is that every so often they would make them cool or um, give them some reason that they were popular or successful and kind of have them as a fish out of water or a fish in water. Uh, for a change and you know it's it's often funny for a few minutes but it, it tends to get pretty cheesy and break down pretty quickly and i know they did this at cliff a few times and it's it's you know it's often funny but um the actor richard aota who who uh, and i have no idea if i'm pronouncing that correctly aote who who plays moss is just such an amazing actor that when they did this with Moss, when they made him smart or successful or put him in a position of power, it was so good. So there are a couple of times. One is when he's on the quiz show and he gets he gets to the top of the quiz show and he's invited to the secret society of, of quiz show winners. And all of a sudden he's super cool and he's in with the cool crowd. Um, that was just an amazing amazing performance by him and the other time that i i really just love uh moss just going over the top is where he's forced to uh pretend to be jen's husband to make her look good at a at a high school reunion and he just takes the very basic details that she's given him and just runs with them and starts talking about their sex life in great detail and uh and it's flipping amazing jen so uh yeah it's it's moss all over Having uh, completed the Elite Eight, we now move into the Final Four. Okay, um, now I think we're going to be pretty different in our picks here. Uh, so I've got Woody against Abed in this in this matchup. How about you? I have Joey against Abed. All right, so I'm going to take Woody. How about you? I went with Joey. Oh. See, we're getting further and further apart the further along we get. This is surprising. And in the next round, I have... No, I have Cheryl against Moss. And I have Pierce against Cliff. Uh-oh. Okay, who have you got? Uh, who's going through for you? I have Cliff. It's, it's still Moss. So I'll talk about why I went with Joey just briefly. This was tough because, as I think I've indicated all along, I love both these characters somebody at work randomly this week came up with a, a joey point i think pushed me over the edge on this one you know that, that expression uh it's a moot point mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, meaning it's a thing already decided or that doesn't need to be decided she brought up this memory from friends where joey says it's a moo point <laughs> and they're like what are you talking about a moo point he's like you know it's like 
a cow's opinion. Who cares? <laughs> and I don't know if it was just uh, uh, her her bringing that up, but uh, or if it's my uh, ongoing story with Joey and the way I watched Friends after being given that perspective. But uh, notwithstanding my love of Abed, I had to go with Joey. Nice. So I'm I'm taking Moss again, and uh, combination of writing, character, everything. I love Moss using the uh, the new emergency number, which I don't know if you remember. I don't know if you've seen this yet, but it's uh, 0118-999-881-999-1111. Seven two five three. The very memorable number. So yeah, Moss yeah. Moss trying to dial that uh, during an emergency. That was uh, was great. Also him uh, him typing out his email response to a fire um, and correcting himself. I don't know. That's uh, it's just he's always funny whatever he's doing. Yeah, and he takes out who's he taking out for you in this round? Uh, he's taking out Cheryl. Uh. So we're finally seeing the end of Cheryl. But that's gonna bring us to our finals. It is the finals, and my finals matchup is Joey from Friends against Cliff from Cheers. Hmm. Okay, and my final is Woody from Cheers against Moss. It's interesting that we both have Cheers characters coming from the opposite bracket. Yeah, it's all in how they match up. All right, you want to give a drum roll in your finale first? Alright, my all-time favorite, lovable loser, the guy from IT, Morris Moss. How about you? In the matchup of Joey, who I now feel has gone way farther than he probably should have, (laughs) (laughs) against Cliff from Cheers, is Cliff Clavin from Cheers. That's pretty fair. So now I think the only fair thing to do now is to put Cliff against Moss. I don't know if this is going to be a fair debate because I think I know we both have favorites. Have you even uh, seen much of the way of the IT crowd yet? Uh, I've watched the first season. Hey! Although it's a British first season, so it's only six episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and do you see where the love is coming from now? Yeah, I I mean, I think he's, for me, the highlight of the show. I couldn't uh, stack him up against Cliff and my sort of enduring love for cheers and sure. that character but you know yep. I, I i do see the love uh, and why it's i i'd really love um it's amazing how many characters on cheers had amazing memorable runs and then really did nothing else that held a candle to it like uh is it john rathberger ratzenberger, ratzenberger. um you know, great actor, did a great job with Cliff, um, but I can't think of anything else, really, that he was famous for. Seriously? The pig from Toy Story. Okay, very good. <laughs> I stand corrected. No, I mean, I think his character and sort of the Boston accent and uh, the way he looks, it was so for all time linked to that character in cheers that i think it's one of those things kind that of typecast yeah uh, but i i love his voice in the toy story movies yeah pig. that really worked that really worked uh you talk about being typecast there's a really 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 bad reboot uh or remake attempt of the it crowd in america and oh, really? it actually starred joel McHale as roy 
and Richard Aota as Moss because they couldn't see anyone else as Moss. <laughs> and I think it only made it about four episodes, and I couldn't make it through one. It was really bad. Is it called The IT Crowd? I pretty sure it was just called the it crowd and they did a pilot and maybe a couple of episodes but it did not make it it was it was heinously bad i want to give uh, cliff one last send-off in terms of i kept my all-time favorite cliff clavin story for the end okay so there's this point where cliff is describing beer and its effects on the brain <laughs> and he, it's a long story, so I'll paraphrase. But he basically says, you know, it's like a herd of gazelle. <laughs> and the lion comes along and it only catches and kills the weakest ones, which makes the rest of the herd stronger because the lions kill off the weak ones. That's like beer in your brain. Everybody knows that alcohol kills brain cells, but it kills the weak brain cells. That's why you always <laughs> feel smarter after a couple of beers. <laughs> That's great. Another favorite uh, Mossism of mine is, uh, you won't have got to this part yet, but uh, there's a great scene where Moss DMs uh, a, a game of Dungeons and Dragons for a couple of really skeptical businessmen and, uh, and Roy, who's getting over a bad breakup. And he does, he's a great dungeon master, so there's something for you to look forward to when you get into <laughs> season uh, three, I think. All right. Well, I think we need to wrap this thing up. We really, uh, we've muddled our way through. We had no plan. And uh, hopefully this has been entertaining. I know it's been fun to, to hash out uh, some of these characters. It's What was interesting for me was that there really was a stark divide in that a lot of these people, I really, you know, they were there to, to round out the brackets, but uh, they didn't have a hope in hell. Yeah, I had that sense as, as well as the sense that because we randomly slotted everyone in there were characters on the other hand that had they not been matched up against people who i had such a enduring love for could have made it a lot further had they been matched up against some of those weaker characters yeah there were some great great characters that went out early uh like bill from king of the hill was one of mine yep some of them left us too soon oh, sad sad times all right well this has been a lot of fun but we should call it a wrap and uh thank people for listening well I think that's about all we've got time for this week next week we'll be back to our regularly scheduled topics you can catch us every Wednesday at totallysortof.com or find us in the Podbean app you can find us on iTunes and the Google Play Store and on Spotify are we on Spotify now? <laughs> I'm just assuming it's been a while yeah, I haven't checked, but I haven't heard anything from them. If not on Spotify, in those other locations. Excellent. All right, we'd love to hear from you. So leave a comment or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, at totally sort of, or you can email us at hello at totally sort of dot com. Even better, if you could leave us a rating or a review on the iTunes or Google Store or a comment right onto our website would be excellent. Our intro song is Punk, and it's used with kind permission from the artist K. Bonna Black. You can find a link to him and to everything we've talked about in the show notes. Until next time, I'm Chris McInnes. And I'm Darren Hogan. And you've been listening to the Totally Sort of podcast. Talk to you later, buddy. You bet, pal.